Hey, evening, everybody. Welcome back to Mindset Explosion, season number four, episode 11. And this evening, been joined by uh, Wellbeing Coach, um, although we talked about something different just now, David, but David Hurst, thank you for coming on. Finally, to have you on the show. I know we've been chatting back and forth. I can't remember when we started talking about coming on, but thank you so much for coming on. And today we're talking about uh, words to change your life, but I feel we're going to sidetrack in a good way and talk about some great things and uh, maybe concepts that can help with well-being or mental health or even roads to recovery. So, um, David, just very quickly, tell us a little bit more about what you do. Well, lovely. Thank, thanks for asking us on, Matt. Yeah, you know. Um, well, I call myself a well-being coach. It's it's counselling, really. But there is an, a big aspect of coaching as well, because I help people with mental health, what we call mental health problems, you know, anxiety, depression, addictions. Um, but I also um, I also help people who need a boost in life. You know, at the moment, obviously, there's big change. There's a lot of uncertainty. We're, you know, we're in an era of uncertainty. So there's people who have not had what we would call mental health problems, but they need to find a bit of extra energy to start a new business. Um, you know, there's people who, who find themselves in a new situation as well, and they're a little lost, or they just need they're not lost even, but they just want a boost. You know, they maybe a, a divorce or they've lost a parent or, or something like this, you know, and they just need a bit of energy. Uh, my, my big thing is that I love to do is put in the 12-step recovery program, which was started in the 30s to deal with alcohol addiction um, and now helps with all sorts of addictions. I mean, drugs, but also what we call behavioral addictions, which is gambling, sex, um, in the internet, plastic surgery, shopping, work, you know, and they've been adapted to help all of those things. Codependency, which is when you, you seek, you're, you're addicted to a relationship basically, and you're, ex, you seek an external validation from a, uh, another person, you know, so they've been adapted for all of them, but they work for anxiety and depression as well, very well. Um, and I combine them with the hero's journey. Um, which is a, a concept that was um, a man called Joseph Campbell, professor of literature, came up with it. And he looked at stories throughout the centuries, going back to the Greek myths and beyond. I mean, um, stories that are now in religious texts, but were verbal stories for thousands of years before, such as great floods. I mean, we know about Noah's Ark, but every culture has had a great flood story. And he looked at all of them and he looked right up to the modern world, uh, up to like Star Wars. And he he realized they were the same story. And he wrote a book, um, I think it was called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, basically saying the hero is the same and what they do is the same. And what you get is a person who um, goes from their ordinary world into an extraordinary world there's test trials and tribulations in that. If they get through them, they gain something. And then they go back to their ordinary world and they're able to give that away to help other people and to protect their uh, community or the world. You know, James Bond is a classic. And what happens, and this is, the 12 steps mirror that, you go on your very own personal hero's journey. And I love taking people through that because it's, it's kind of fun and exciting. It takes a lot of courage as well because people have to be very honest they sometimes have to go and face people they don't want to face, but that's part of the, you know, I mean, I always say to people, you can think yourself fearless all you want, 
but you have to do something fearless to be fearless, you know, and to get the courage. You, you know, you can't think that. And, you know, my my a thing I say to people right at the start when they come to see me, and people come to me in pieces, of course, and I say, I, I listen to them, and then I say, I'm really excited you're here. It's great. And I often get a really blank look. And I say, no, this is because your pain has finally got your attention like it's been trying to for a long time. And all pain does this, you know, physical pain as well. I always say, you know, if I put my finger over a candle flame, I feel pain in my finger, so I move my hand away, okay? And mental health, pain, emotional pain, it's exactly the same. It's trying to get your attention to do something different, make a change. So if someone comes to see someone like me, who's been there as well, and I think that's very important, um, then, you know, that pain has finally got their attention enough that they will, you know, the unlucky ones are the ones that resist it or try and mask it or numb it with drink, drugs, work, the stuff I just mentioned, plastic surgery, sex, workalism. You know, they're the unlucky ones because it's a painful life, you know, and the, the, the pain will get bigger as it tries to attract their attention more. Yeah, this makes sense. And so when people come see me, I say, great, you know, I mean, I'm not flippant. I know they're in pain. It doesn't feel good, you know, and they're, and they're in a real bad way. But I say I'm excited because if you can grasp what's on offer here, you are going to have the best years of your life ahead of you because all this stuff can come and hit you then, but you're going to be able to stay standing, you know, and life will throw stuff at everyone, you know, even a multimillionaire celebrity is going to start to grow old. They're going to lose people they love. They're going to have illnesses, you know, they're going to die themselves, you know. So, and the hero's journey is fantastic because I always say a big incentive to people as well is, Get yourself, we'll get you, we'll get you on track. Then we'll take you to where you would never have known about if you hadn't have had all this pain. And you'll look back and you'll be grateful for it, you know, as I am for my messiness um, in the year 2001 when it came to a head. And uh, and then you'll be able to give all this away as well. So people will come to you and say, I need a hand or help. I'm desperate. And you'll be able to be the one, you know. The word hero, I think, is a Latin or Greek word. It means protector. And I always say to people, that is you learn to protect yourself when there's stuff coming at you, but you can also protect other people, your community. And that's the hero's journey. You know, if you think of Harry Potter or, or James Bond, you know, Star Wars. Star Wars is a classic. There's usually a mentor in the 12 steps groups. That's called a sponsor. And a mentor in hero's journey story is usually a wise old person if it's a man with a long white beard you know or male or female long gray hair you know to think of lord of the rings star wars you know um and harry potter as well um and it's magical you know the wizard of oz is a classic hero's journey story and actually dorothy in the beginning you know she's put up on a bit she's on this farm in this little small narrow-minded place and it actually starts in black and white and when she leaves, when she goes from her ordinary world into her extraordinary world, it goes color, you know, which was a big thing when that was made. Color was really flash, yeah. yeah. And um, and this is what I this is what I mean when I say to people, I'm excited. You know, this this can be fantastic. But you know, people have got to find some courage. I think they've got to have humility in the beginning. They've got to be open-minded. You know, and they've got to realize often, if especially if they're in a uh, a dark place or a messy place or a miserable place or a place where their anxiety is debilitating them and stopping them going outside they've got to realize 
um, that they're, you know, they're thinking, they're trying to think themselves out of this problem hasn't worked so far. So they've got to be open-minded to some new ideas as I was, you know, and some of the stuff I was told was crazy, totally against what I thought, you know, <laughs> should, should work. But I was, I was, well, I was terrified and desperate enough to try it and open-minded and humble, you know, my, my life had got to a stage where I was so humiliated. I found some humility, you know, it, 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 it wasn't where my life was supposed to be when I was, you know, in my thirties and, uh, and living in London and, you know, you know, it was a million miles away. So yeah. Um, so do you feel that what you went through when you look back now, um, and it was obviously a big part of the journey to get you to where you are. Do you feel that um, those tools you got, because you said you weren't too sure about, you know, what they were, it sounded crazy at the time. Um, so is that the same sort of, do you have to, like, do you feel you still, are you still using those tools or if you kind of, I went a bit sidetracked with my question here, but are you still, do you still have to use those tools daily or is it, I've done, I've done oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's one day, living one day at a time. And the more I've been in recovery and my life has, you know, it has its ups and downs. I've had, I've lost people I love, you know, over the 19 years of being in recovery. I mean, things have happened that were much worse before I came into recovery. You know, I've had the suicide of a best friend who reached out to me uh, nine years ago and my dad died and he was very ill for a couple of years. And you know, one of our children was ill when they were a baby in hospital for a while. But all of this stuff, I've been able to be who I'm supposed to be, who I can be. And I've stood up and I've been able to be there for everyone else. And I've been able to be strong for myself, you know, and I didn't dive into the pub and get drunk or anything like that, you know. Um, but yeah, so to answer your question, yes, I still do the stuff now, but it's um, it's such a habit. It's a good habit, obviously, that it's like cleaning my teeth. You know, I don't even think about it. You know, for example, every morning I meditate or to, I try my very best to meditate for half an hour. And um, and if I don't do it, I, I sort of notice it. Like if your teeth go a bit fairy, if you've not cleaned them, you know, and like an hour later you go, oh no, I forgot to, and then I'll do it. You know, and also what I've learned over the years is um, if I don't spend half an hour waking up that way, uh, my day isn't as good. You know, if I spend and, and that that's one of the things I'm saying was crazy. You know, I told when, when I first came in, a guy who advised me on, on this sort of stuff, you know, I told him um, how busy I was and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I actually was didn't have a job at the time, but I told him I was very, you know, it got messy. And um, and he said to me, get up half hour earlier and do meditation. I said, I don't think you're listening to me, are you? And he said, yes, I am. You know, he said, get up half hour early. The thing is. What I've discovered, for example, with that, now it makes sense to me because a lot of people wake up, they reach for their phone, they go on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, they create an emotion. It could be anger, jealousy, envy, self-pity, excessive pride. You know, that's already taken some of their energy, yeah? You know, my, I used to wake up and I used to have, you know, at the end of my bed, I'd have bewilderment, despair, frustration, terror, and they'd grabbing me. I'd be thinking of the million things I had to do in the day my energy was getting zapped straight away. So it's nice to wake up. I always give gratitude, you know? I mean, when it was first suggested to me to do a gratitude list, for example, you know, where you write 10 things down you're grateful for, I actually said to the guy, I've got nothing to be grateful for. 
I'd forgotten. I'd taken it all for granted. So he said to me, for example, have you got hot and cold running water? And I said, yeah. You know, I was sleeping on a friend's sofa at the time. He said, have you got a roof over your head? And I said, yeah, I'm keeping on a mate's sofa. He said, good. You know, you've got a roof over your head. A lot of people haven't, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, and, and that now is very natural to me. If you want to look at it scientifically, we have negative and positive neural pathways. And what had happened with me and what happens with a lot of people is the positive ones, they were there, but they were over. And if you think of them like pathways, they were overgrown. I didn't go down them. But my negative ones were completely well-worn and easy to go down. So I was always focusing on lack, what I didn't have, negative stuff. And um, a lot of recovery to me is, re is, is reopening that one and getting the negative one overgrown. So gratitude list does that. Positive affirmations do it. Meditation does it, you know. And, and I always say to people, you know, if, you, if, if you're feeling depressed, write a gratitude list because depression and anxiety, they cannot coexist alongside gratitude. I mean, try it next time if you're feeling negative, if anyone's feeling negative or, or depressed, write 10 things down you're grateful for, you know, and you'll find that it, it, it's like shining light into dark. You know, you cannot shine light into dark and it stay dark. It's going to go light, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, and it's very simple, but a lot of people don't know it and, and they wake up and they're, they're thinking the way they're taught in childhood. You know, there's, we are really wired in the first seven, eight years of our life, you know, all of our child until we leave home, really. But those first several years, our brain's still growing. You know, humans are born much sooner than most animals, which is why we can't walk for 12 months. You know, you've got a foal, it's walking after a few hours, can feed itself. We're totally dependent on our parents and they're really wire us. And if often, you know, when people look back as far as they can go, they realize that these are what can we call family blueprints. It's kind of handed to you. This is, we always focus on what we haven't got. We always have what's negative. Yeah. You know, yeah. I always say, I meet a lot of people who come to me for help and they grew up in a household where the first question was, what can possibly go wrong? You know, if you came up with a brilliant idea or you won a million on the lottery, the first question, the family question would be, what can possibly go wrong or a variant of that? And I'm trying to get people, and I've done this and I'm living proof. Now the first question is, what can possibly go right? Yeah. Why I traveled in a motorhome with my, my children who were two and three, we, we ended up traveling around 13 countries in Europe. And we had a crazy collie dog in a motorhome. We did about 40,000 miles and went to visit loads of family and friends. And uh, we were raising money for charity as well. But when I first thought of that idea, I recognized the old thought came in, oh, we can't do that. And it started to list the things that could go wrong. And then I thought, no, imagine what can go right. And of course, when you get out of your comfort zone, the best things happen. So we did it, you know, we did it. And it was, it was going to be for two months initially, and it ended up being for about three years. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we were going to go and see, you know, about 25 people. It was, it was after my best friend had taken his life, actually. And we thought we better go and see some people. That we, we feel like we're in touch with on Facebook, but we're not really in touch. We need to go and hug them again. And we ended up seeing a few hundred people, you know. Um, we went around Britain and then around Europe and, uh, you know, went to Morocco and, you know, and it was all, it was fantastic. But this is all for me has come from doing the recovery program that I've done, the 12 steps essentially, and then understanding the hero's journey aspect, you know, and, I'm feeling secure and I hardly get any anxiety now. And 
in the last year of my, before I got into recovery, I used to have to have a few drinks to go and meet friends from school. You know, I was nervous to meet them, yeah, which was crazy because I'd known them 15 years. And then I used to sit around the table too anxious to say anything. I had loads of stuff in my head to say. And they always say, you're quiet. And I was too anxious to say anything in case they ridiculed it or, or it was the wrong thing. Or, and I used to just sit there for half an hour and go, you know. Yeah. And now yeah. I, I, I just don't really get anxiety. You know, it's amazing, you know. So, and if I do, I will, I will always go what, you know, I will kind of ask. I believe there's a greater force in, in the world, you know, that um, makes our nails grow, keeps our heart beating, that gave us the gift of life, really. You know, that we, you know, we come through our parents, but we're not of our parents, if you will. And um, yeah. it's that greater force. It's, it's really impossible to describe because it's that which transcends thought. So if it transcends thought, which it does, it's very hard then to try and verbalize it as well. But I think love is probably a word that hits it because you know, you know yourself. We don't really choose who we fall in love with. You know, it's just somebody who's there, you know. Or like with if you've got children, you love them from the moment you know they're coming along, from the moment your partner's pregnant. You know, you love these guys enough that you would give your life, you know, and this is the greater force, I think, you know. Um, and, you know, so if I get anxiety or something now a little bit, I always say, what's this showing me? You know, because I believe I li we live in a really loving, abundant world, not a negative, hateful world that's out to get us. I think we're given the gift of life. Everyone's here for an amazing reason, and we kind of need to find it, you know. And you're not going to find it if you're debilitated with anxiety, depression. I don't think you're supposed to be on this planet like that. Um, or if you're an addict of some sort, it's 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 stealing your opportunity to become um, who you're supposed to be and who you can be, who you're meant to be, you know. So I always say if there's a bit of anxiety, I say, what's this showing me? What are you telling me? Where are you directing me? In the same way that, I mean, you've got children. I know that, that you know, parents, loving parents, will direct their children. Sometimes it's not what children want to hear, yeah. but it's always loving. Um, you know, and I think that's that's how I see the world now. And that's not how I've always seen the world, though, you know, at all. That's, yeah. that's uh, you know, I guess, which is... I guess you had to go on that, that, even though it was dark times, I guess you had to go on that journey. And that was part of it for you to be able to become that hero. You're, you know, you're obviously helping a lot of people. Hmm. you know from, yeah. from your own experiences and and, and it's, you know you've got the tools you're, you've worked the tools you've done you've done um you, you've had them work them still working them so i guess oh, it I wear the t-shirt <laughs> oh, yeah. style. Um, <laughs> yeah no i mean i got blown away i mean i studied it or i remember studying it at school but I actually came across it again last year during the during when when all this started about exactly a year ago. Dante's Divine Comedy, the narrative poem, written I think about eight hundred years ago. He had this all sussed, and the, uh, you know the answer to your question is a line from that poem, but which Dante wrote, you know, as I say, seven eight hundred years ago, which was uh, the only way to paradise is through hell, you know, and yes. You know, I think we, I think everyone suffers mm. as it, with the human condition. Some people are better at hiding it than others. Um, you know, 
there's a brilliant book called The Road Less Traveled written by a psychiatrist called Scott Peck. And um, he called alcoholism the sacred illness because he said it brings people to their knees quicker. It's more obvious there's a problem. So it's a, you know, he, 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 you know, he said it's kind of lucky if you re you know, you've got that and you realize. Um, and, and he, in, in that book, he, he also, he, he basically showed how everyone could get into recovery, how everyone could have a great life and deal with everything. But even when it's put in front of people, most people won't choose it. And that's why the book's called The Road Less Traveled. Yeah, you yeah. know, but um, for sure, none of what I'm doing now, I could be doing if I hadn't had that pain. You know, um, I always say to people, if you're stuck down a dark, cold hole, and someone comes up the top of it and says, I've written 20 books about getting out of dark, cold holes. I can help you out. You would be grateful, yeah? If someone came next to me and said, I've been down in that dark, cold hole. This is the way out. Come with me, you know? Yeah. Most people are going to choose that one. I would say it's wise to choose someone who knows what, they're, what it's like, you know, who won't think you're mad if you say, I couldn't leave the house because of my anxiety, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people go to their doctors, their GPs, and they're not trained in the mind and the soul, you know, as well, the spirit. You know, they're lovely people. They're good guys. They've got good knowledge. But most of them aren't trained in it. And, um, I, I, you know, and I think it would, it's, it's good to, to go to someone who's, who's been there and trained in it. And, um, I mean, I know of a doctor who said to a guy who drank so much he had half his stomach removed when he was in hospital recovering. The doctor went up to him and said, you know, you've just got to cut down on drinking, haven't you? And this guy said to him, don't you think I've thought of that? <laughs> you know, but, you know, and I understand what it's like, if, if, you know, it's not that easy. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the pain is always leading you to, directing you to do something. I think it's done in a loving way, really. You know, it's like to move to, like I said, with a flame, it's to do something different, you know? If you keep your finger on the flame, over the flame, the pain's gonna get bigger. Now, what a lot of people do with emotional mental health problems is they mask it. They try and mask it or numb it somehow. The pain won't go away. The pain's still there. You might not feel it if you're taking this or that, or doing this or that. It's still there. And actually, it's getting bigger and worse. As it's, for me, it's trying to say to you, move your bloody hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in that case. And it's the same with men. I think humans are so intricate and amazing. I mean, I used to write health articles for many years for the national newspapers and magazines. And the more I spoke to doctors, the more I realized how amazingly we are made. I mean, if you're trying to explain how an eye works, you know, forget it. So the fact that we would just have emotional or mental health pain for no reason, I mean, it's just nonsense, I think. You know, it's got to be there. I didn't know this. I mean, part of the reason so many people have problems is the information isn't out there. You know, this information isn't out there. If you knew, well, that anxiety is for a reason, that depression is for a reason, and you can talk to someone who knows what they're talking about, which, you know, and, and someone you can get on with, of course, they might know what they're talking about. You need to get on with them. You need to be able to trust them. You've got to be completely honest. You know, I always say if you, if you went to a doctor with a, with a um, broken ankle but said your toe was broke, bruised, you're gonna, he can fix your bruised toe, but he doesn't have a broken ankle. So you've got to be honest, otherwise you're wasting your time, you know. And one of the phrases that I think is really, really key to all of this, and it's, it's in connection with what I've just said, is where you least want to go is where you need to go to find that which you most need, yeah? 
it comes back to the hero's journey. The um, I'm really like dragons, yeah? Dragons are a figment of human's imagination that have existed in every culture and um, country before, not in every country, but every culture before we had connection with each other, some form of a dragon. And um, if you think about a dragon, if you said to people, uh, do a picture of an animal that you think is unbeatable, I think you'd come up with something like a dragon. You know, they've got fire, they've got the tails, they've got the horns, they've got, they can fly, you know. Um, and how I see dragons is they represent our greatest fears. And recovery for me is when you need to go and slay your dragons. You need to, you know, often it means going back into your childhood and then you go into the deep dark cave where they live. They, you, they guard treasure. Treasure is no use to dragons. But the thing is, when you slay your dragon, you get that treasure and you will find that treasure is never ending. You know, it goes, you, you see everything you need. Um, and I think when people come to me, if you use this dragon story, it's at the point, or if people, you know, go to see someone else or they go to a 12-step meeting like AA or NA, it's that point when they realize that dragon that's been swinging them around and breathing fire on them, battering them all their life, is finally going to kill them unless they learn how to kill it first, yeah? And this is the hero's journey. So it's, you know, and the, one of the first things I do is I'll pull people out. They might have been hiding behind a boulder. I think the boulder represents depression or anxiety or an addiction. And you pull them out and go, there's your dragon. And that takes courage because it might be two or three miles away, but it's the first time they've consciously chosen to look at it rather than it pounce at them, yeah? And it can be, often it's traumas from childhood, Toxic shame, which when is when basically someone hands their shame to you to carry, usually in childhood, it's usually a parent or some caregiver. You know, it can be horrible that I don't think they're malicious, but they don't know what to do with it. And they find they can criticize a child lot and give it. Um, or for me, um, so there's a guy called John Bradshaw, right, wrote about toxic shame in the 80s. He's amazing. And he says that everyone, pretty much everyone he ever saw, uh, suffered from toxic shame. There's a guy who's very popular at the moment called Dr. Gabo Mate, who's a Hungarian-Canadian doctor, I think, who's an addiction expert. And he says everyone he's ever seen has suffered from trauma. Mm. And he's been right at the front line of addiction. I mean, he's an amazing guy, uh, well worth listening to. And then you've got a guy called Dr. Peter Bregan, who's been a psychiatrist. He's 80 odd now, he's been a psychiatrist 56 years. And he said, everyone he's ever seen has suffered from a failure of love. And the more I've thought about that, the more I think, yeah, that's right. Because trauma and toxic shame come under a failure of love if you've been abused as a child or criticized. And for me, the solution is finding, a, finding love, finding a success of love, you know? And love's a big thing, yeah, you know? <laughs> And the 12 steps are really worked straight. It's not the only way you can get help, but they are the world's most successful recovery program ever. And they're very structured. They're very simple. Doesn't mean they're easy to do because you've got to find courage, but they're very structured and they can take you there in very good detail. And you'll go on this hero's journey, you know, and you will find the hero within as the M people song sang about. Those lyrics are brilliant, by the way, you know, you know, they're, they're really spot on if anyone, and, um, you know, a lot of people are confused. I've got to say, you know, hero, it doesn't mean that you look in the mirror and you're some sort of Fonz-like figure going, ey, ey, you know, I'm, it means that you find that you can look after yourself and you can look after people around you, especially when 
you have to, you know, sort of when 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 people need looking after it means protector or defender. So you're there basically for other people. If you're a dad or mum, your kids can. I had a lovely birthday card last year from my son who was eleven. He's eleven now, and uh, and it said two things which were fantastic for me. Really, really moved me. He said, "You're a really good footballer," which I loved. And he said, and you seem to have the answers to all the problems. Now, I don't have the answer to all the problems, but it was nice he said that, you know. And, and you know, I'm able to offer advice. And, um, and, and for me, it's a great privilege. And you, you could probably hear, you know, I'm really passionate about it. I was nearly, I'm a morning person now. I was nearly asleep before we chatted, honestly. And then suddenly, you know, but I hope that enthusiasm is good for people because I know what it's like when you feel like you can't get out of bed and you're walking through treacle, you know, and you think, I can't go on with this. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I go on a lot of the um, anxiety and depression groups on Facebook just to see. And, you know, it's desperate. People, It's really sad. You know, I'm really, I'm passionate to get this out there because you, there is a solution. I mean, for everyone, you know, everyone, there is a solution, you know. It, and, uh, you know, if, if if people want it, you know, so it's um, and I really wish that information was out there more because, you know, we, we get our one chance at life and let's let's find that amazing reason we're here and wake up in the morning. I think let's get out of bed and go for it. You know, <laughs> so. no, that's fantastic, David. I'm on the edge of my seat. I've, <laughs> I don't need to ask anything. This is brilliant. Um, but. Uh, no, is that, I, is, that, is that a polite way of saying I'm a gobshite, as my son calls me? No, <laughs> no. But actually, going back to what your son wrote, where he he said you have all the answers, and you, you quite humbly said, "Well, I don't have all the answers." But I guess you've picked the tools to, you know, we don't have all the answers, do we? But when we can no. get the set right, then we, we can get in the right frame of mind to at least, you know, find a way, you know, to get the answer. Yeah with a bit of trial sometimes trial and error and um you know i guess keeping that that clear head without i know when i've had anxiety or depression or just my head's going all over the place i can't make great decisions so it is it's, i've had to learn to write i need to step back i need to pause breathe um and yeah what 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 a really key thing is i i'm always saying as well is um, we have a choice over our thoughts. They're not us. You know, they're not the reality. You know, often not reality. There's the Laboratory of Neuroimaging at the University of Southern California worked out, don't ask me how, Matt, that we have, the average adult has 70,000 thoughts a day. I worked out that's around 4,000 um, thoughts every waking hour. Now, maths has never been my strong point, so, you know, don't pull me up on it if that's wrong. But it's a lot of thoughts. Anyway. So I won't be able to work out. <laughs> It's, I mean, we have a lot of thoughts. And if anyone's ever had what we call the washing machine mind on fast spin, you can relate to that. You go, yeah, 4,000. But the thing is, we're always going to have some good thoughts, negative thoughts. We're going to have factual thoughts. For example, I'm here going, look, there's Matt. You know, that's a fact. Uh, but we will be. And a lot of recovery is about finding those positive ones and focusing them. Because anything we focus on gets bigger, whether it's negative or positive. Our magnifying mind, as you, as you can call it. And what a lot of people do is they focus on their anxious thoughts and then their anxiety grows, you know, and they become really good at being anxious, you know. I mean, they don't want to be, but they do become at it, you know. 
And a lot of this is, yeah, you, you find that you've got a choice, you know, and, and it's great. When you can catch your thoughts before they create a feeling in you, because when you get a neg you get a negative thought, you get a negative feeling, then you're going to get more negative thoughts and you spiral downhill. You know, it's a reason why a lot of people will head to the pub at noon. You know, it's like, I've got to stop this. I feel horrible. And the only way they know to change the way they feel is to go and have a drink, take some drugs, get angry, go shopping, gambling, have sex, you know, play internet games for, you know, go gaming for five hours, you know. And, and of course, it's not, they're not being who they're supposed to be, really. You know, you, you got to, you know, I think we're, we're all like seeds, really. There's something inside us and we've got to, you know, we can grow. If we're in the right environment, I mean, as a parent, it's very important. I think we just need to get our children in the right environment. They're going to grow who they're going to be. You know, you know yourself, if you've got yeah. more than one ch child, they're very different. Mm -hmm. You know, we just have to make sure the environment's right for them. Just like a seed in the garden, that you water it, make sure it gets some sunshine, doesn't get damaged. And it will grow. If it's meant to be a daffodil, it's going to be a daffodil. If it's meant to be a rose, it'll be a rose. One of the problems I see with a lot of people, they will come to me and one of their parents or both their parents has wanted, if you use that analogy, has wanted a rose mm -hmm. and they've got a daffodil and all the time they're saying to the kid, you shouldn't be like this. Well, this is really confusing when you're a kid because you're kind of like, well, I'm wrong. There's something wrong with me then, yeah? And then you yeah. become an adult. And even I've seen people who are hugely successful financially and they have status, but inside they're thinking, there's something wrong with me because when they were a kid, they were told, you're wrong, you shouldn't be like that. And that comes across as criticism, you know? And, um, and it's very hard for people, you know? And, uh, and often, often people find as well, the job they've chosen is to try and get some uh, status as well, some external validation, some love. And they climb the ladder of success, but realize it's up against the wrong building, you know? And that creates a lot of trouble because people wake up in the morning and they don't want to go where they've got to go. You know, so they have to make some big changes. You know, they have to find who they really are and do what's true to them, you know, really. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's very worthwhile doing this, you know, if people want it, you know. And, uh, you know, I can't help people if they don't want to. I think that's um, the same thing, isn't it? You, 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 someone's got to want to take that first step and acknowledge where, I guess, that pain, if there is a pain. And, and I mean, with the world that we've had over the last year, but, um, I don't know if we said this off air. Um, I mean, there has been a lot of change, and, and I, I, I feel there's there's a lot of anxiety just around generally, which I can understand, and a, a lot of fear. Um, you know, and we're coming out of um, lockdown hopefully soon, and and even coming out, it, you know, it's it's nice. I, I, me, I, I, I see my my journey ahead. I can I see the weeds and see the problems. I mean, right, okay, well, how do we sort that one out? So, but. Um, I just feel that coming out, do you feel that there's going to be just as much added fear and anxiety coming out or because I don't think it's just going to, I like to think so. It sounds very pessimistic, but I feel that there's going to be just as much fear for, for people coming out as there was when we were in the like slap bang in the middle of it, really just. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think certainly it would take a bit of time for people to relax as it were. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know is the answer, you know. <laughs> no, um, no, no. So, um, I, but yeah, I think it's created an era of uncertainty for sure. There's, there's more anxiety. People are obviously, even if it's everyone says, oh, it's over. I think people are going to be worried. 
um, there'll be another virus comes along or something, something else. Um, at, at the same time, it's a good opportunity for change for people, you know. I mean, I'm not, I know there's been lots of tragedies and, and losses and suffering, but, you know, I would say to people, ask yourself, do you want it to be like it was before? Or maybe this is your chance for making a change and becoming who you know in your, you know, I always say to people as well, your gut, your gut never lies to you. Your brain can tell you lies. Mm-hmm. Go with your gut instinct. <laughs> and, and, and be, you know, Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Something my mum always used to say to me growing up, I didn't know what she was on about. <laughs> you know, but it, it, yeah, you, you need to be true to yourself, I think. Otherwise, you're always going to feel chaos inside, you know. And a lot of this is about trying to, you know, we're always, humans are always trying to re, re, regain or retain order, you know, but life throws chaos at us, you know, mm-hmm. and if you've grown up in certain in certain homes, your childhood will create internal chaos that is really hard. You need to go, you know, I don't want to scare anyone, but often you have to go back and look at it and maybe realize it wasn't your fault. Try and find forgiveness as well, which is not an overnight thing, but, you know, forgiveness is for you. It's not for the person that you're resenting. They probably can't feel a thing or often they've been dead for years, but you're still tangled up inside about it you know so i always say the clues in the word forgive you're giving to yourself yeah. and um he answered your question you know uh i think a lot of it's to do with the person as well you know i mean i spoke to a friend uh, uh the other day and he said oh you know we've been anxious throughout this haven't we and i said i said no i said you know uh i haven't really been that anxious you know i said i've kept it in the day day at a time it's like i don't need to worry about april 2021 now because i'm in march the 7th or whatever it is the philosophy that's worked for me and that i try and pass on is you know and i think humans are made to live 24 hours a day we, we too much you know from school onwards people say what are you going to do when you grow up what you, what's your five-year plan well if yeah. i gave people a tick list with a million things i mean think about this if you'd have had a tick list five years ago with a million things on that you could tick where you'd be in life probably unless you're the exception it wouldn't be where you are now you know that's life you know life on life's terms you know i mean even 14 15 months ago none of us could have thought we'd be walking around with masks and in a lockdown you know we might have been worried about we'd have been worried about something maybe but not that so i know that's an extreme example because it doesn't happen every year but um it's, it's true isn't it we 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 would we couldn't have, i think if we went back um i guess december 2019 we would never have you know predicted what what's happened um no, I, I, yeah i i feel now is a perfect time really i you know I, I i personally really hope people have learned some you know hard lessons unfortunately are the sometimes the best ones but you know i've, I've learned of you know a little bit about more what they want to do who they are and I think it's a perfect time to make some changes within, which will have a knock-on effect to everything else, you know, in and around us. Um, you know, even I, I, I do mindset stuff, but yeah, I have my ups and my downs, and um, I've, I've appreciated a lot of, you know, a lot of things I've appreciated. A lot of things that, yeah, oh, quite, that's not very, not very good. But I think, um, you know, it's just trying to make the most of different situations and. Yeah. I guess get my brain in tune. Say, well, this isn't working. Right? Okay, what can I make work now? What can yeah. I do? As well? And actually, yeah. 
a, a different path. I'm, I'm scary for me. I'm at the beginning of some new exciting projects, but it's scary in a good way. I love that <laughs> feeling. Yeah, um, you know, they say, don't they? You know, fear and excitement are very similar emotions. So think yeah. of it as exciting, not scary. Yeah. It's exciting, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or do something safe and be bored, you know. That's your yeah, choice, know. you know. You have the choice. And I mean, one thing I would really say that I hope has come out of this is a lot of people have spent more time with their kids. A lot oh, of the yeah. people I, I see, and I see people who are in their 60s and 70s sometimes, a lot of the problems are from childhood. There's a lot of it, as Dr. Peter Bregan said, failure of love. That might not be that the parent didn't love their kid, but you know that what we love, we give time to. And I often say to people, if I came down from Mars, if I was a Martian, and I was taking notes on what you loved, what would I put at the top of my list? What would I see as your most important thing? You know, and for a lot of people, I mean, sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes it is. The parent hasn't been there, you know, for the for the child. And this affects people. Like I say, I see people in their 60s and 70s. They're still really affected by it because they didn't feel they mattered. We need to tell our children we love them, show them gentle love and spend time with them. You know, OK, they might like some of the material things. But really, I think if you're a child, what you want is your your mum or dad or caregiver that can be a teacher as well to look you in the eye and even if you think what they're saying is ridiculous validate them say yes yes you know and look them in the eye with love you know and give them time and that's one good thing here people have spent more time with their children and i hope people don't want to rush back i mean you know the system out set up now means that a lot of children hardly see their parents you know and if they do the parents are stressed because they've got to do the shopping and pay the bills and you know, and it has a it has an effect, you know. So I hope that's that's one thing. But the living in the day thing, I'll just tell you on that very quickly. I, I realize, you know, it's like me and you could go out and eat tons tonight, so we couldn't eat another morsel, but we're still gonna need to eat tomorrow, you know. I could sleep, you could sleep for 12 hours tonight, but the next night we're still gonna need to sleep. So this living in the day is a really good way to live. And what I do, what's worked for me for a long time, I try and pass it on is I wake up, do my meditation, I try and do my best for the day. And I don't think about tomorrow. I really try not to think. It gets on people's nerves sometimes. They go, what are we going to do at the weekend? And I say, I'm not sure. I'm just thinking about this Tuesday. <laughs> no, look, I know, yeah. I know we need to make plans, but some people are so often, they're living in the past, which means they're going to be full of regrets and remorse. They're living in the future, means they're going to be full of worry and anxiety. And actually, if you get into the present moment, usually it's fine. You know, it's a good way to live. And, you know, the key there, even if you consider yourself a really, you know, big career person, business person, you're going to have more energy, you know, you're going to do what you do better, you're going to enjoy it more, you know, and, and so, you know, it, it's ways of living, really, that just work, I think, you know, and, and it's, you know, for me, it's a real privilege to, to pass it on. I choose the term well-being coach because it's guiding people. What Everyone's got this. They know this, really. It's just guiding you, you know, sometimes... Yeah. Yeah. And well-being, I really like the word well-being. It just sounds nice. It covers everything because, you know, you know yourself and, and you know, um, we have celebrities who are making fortune from their talent, a guitarist or something like that. They're adored around the world and yet they end up taking their life or being very miserable. And so, you know, for me, it always proves it's an inside job. Yeah. You know, and a lot of this is to do with your thoughts. You know, it's, you know, as a man thinking, a woman thinketh in their heart, so they will be, you know. And um, to know 
that yeah, work on this inside and 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 find who you are and and you know, well-being is key. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got all the money and adoration in the world and you're doing something you love, you know, you need to feel that your inside matches your outside. I think that's the way of putting it. And when you do, it's priceless, you know, and it's, and it's, I was just uh, say, it's feeling wealthy from the inside out, right? Isn't it? That is true. Yeah, wealth, yeah. Yeah. And I think the word wealth used to come from a combination of well-being and health. Yeah. You know, and it didn't mean money, you know, exactly. and actually, you know, in the word, the word heal, that came from a word meaning whole, you know, and, you know, that's, Again, you know, you have to have your inside matching your outside, otherwise you're you're not whole, you know, and a lot of a lot of people will try and have a relationship to make themselves feel whole. And I always say, you know, two sickies don't make a welly. You know, you get two two halves trying to make a whole. Well, you know, successful relationship is gonna be two people who are complete, a whole, you know, and um and and find themselves and then you know, with recovery as well, a lot of people don't think about this, but the word recovery it means you're regaining something you had. You know, I think we're all born amazing, but then things happen mm-hmm. that crack us, shatter us, break us. And so then we become often what people think is someone's character trait is actually a self-defense mechanism that they've learned to survive. Mm-hmm. And you have to find the real character. And we can talk about the inner child and stuff like that, and bringing your inner child into you as an adult and saying, you're safe now can come out of hiding, you know, because a lot of people push this, you know, the, the young version themselves away. And it's about finding who you are again. And it's really lovely when, you know, I did it and when people do it and they go, I remember myself now, you know, <laughs> and it's and it's fantastic, you know, and um, and it gives you strength and energy, you know, and, and you know, it just makes you feel comfortable. And, and again, well-being, you know, it's, uh, it's, I mean, sometimes it's not all in childhood and it's not all to blame it on childhood because we are adults, you know, we, we can make our choices and that, but it's not as easy as just shaking off and going, oh, it was 20 years ago. I've not lived at home for 20 years now or whatever. It's not that easy because we're so wired in those first years, early years. And, um, you know, it can be very damaging if those godlike figures that your parents with their big, faces who feed you who you're dependent on who put a roof over your head are not there for you they're not showing you love or even worse for some people they're showing you the opposite you know they're abusing you in some way criticizing you you know it's um of course it has a massive effect you know and uh so yeah recovery is about that and i think it's also about then going beyond you know it's about growing as well you know because uh what we call mental health conditions like addiction depression if you don't deal with them they're like any illness or disease the serious one they're going to get worse if you don't treat them yeah they're progressive but the good news for everyone is recovery is progressive you know you can keep growing you don't get to a point you go sorted because we're we're you know a lot of it's growing up for some people for me it certainly was about growing up you know i was a 30 something teenager and it wasn't working it was very messy but it's, it's also about growing and continuing to grow. And that's one thing I think that's one day at a time is important. You keep doing your stuff, you keep growing. And it, it's just like going to the gym. I mean, I could go to the gym for six months now and eat well and I've come super buff. If I stop going, six months later, be back to where I started or worse, you know, because we're, you know, so, you know, but people don't think the spiritual and the emotional and the mental side is, you know, it's the same as the physical side, you know, you've got you to gotta work it you know, to keep, keep it working kind of thing. Definitely. And definitely.
Um, I totally agree with that. David, we're going to wrap it up, but thank you so much for coming on to the, this tonight. You. I'm going to have to get you back because <laughs> I think I'd have you talking all night. I'd be like, sit uh, what was the, again, you, I got so much from that. Thank you so much. Um, thank have you got some no, not my pleasure. Have you got any events that are coming up, or how can people? I put your. No, I've got, I've got my website, which is david-hurst.com. I've started doing some stuff on YouTube. It's early days for me. It's actually a hero's journey because I'm facing fears um, because I prefer writing. I've been a writer most of my life, you know, real life, so you can sort of hide and push it out. So, but I'm doing it because I know it's a good way of putting the information out there and helping people, you know, and myself i look at youtube things rather than reading often now or, or stuff like this you know it's you can listen to it while you're walking around and uh or driving or something you know so i've got a youtube channel I've just started um got the facebook page it's all on my website there um i'm putting some blog art you know starting doing blog articles and stuff like that um i mean if anyone needs help call us you know we, we chat for a little bit you know it's um and then we can talk about you know if if they if they think I can help, we can go there. But you know, I mean, the message I just say to him is no one really need, no one, no one needs to be suffering, you know. And uh, and um, there is always a solution, you know. And for those people who are finding the change, like there is a change here, you know. There's, there's, you, you know, everything we need is inside us now. It's just sometimes you need someone who can guide you to find it. You've got it there. Everyone's got it there. We just need a guide. Right. With a few things i think you might have to deal with a few things and and you know but it's all there you know everyone's got this this massive energy levels inside this sunshine this light you know and, and it's kind of like um yeah you know just sometimes you need a bit of a guide to help you you know and whether that's i mean i've, I've got four mental health books as well positive recovery they're all about the solution you know um, the one that I use the most when I do coaching is called 12 Steps to One Hero, which is my take on the 12-step the recovery program alongside the hero's journey, how you will go on your very own hero's journey. And that's a book I use with a lot of people. You know, they'll, they'll read it. You'll, I, I, I give it to them as part of the sessions if you want. And, and we go through it and they go on their own hero's journey, which, you know, which I, I think it means recovery is it, it's quite exciting, you know, really. I mean, not saying it's always simple, but, yeah. um, you know, if it was simple, everyone would grab it. And also you'd throw it away easy. It has yeah. to be, it has to be hard earned. Otherwise, you know, it'd be like winning the World Cup. If it was easy, everyone would do it. And it wouldn't mean as much, you know. And it also means when you've got it, you protect it. You, you value it, you know, and you carry on, you know. So, yeah, that's that. But thanks for having us on, Matt. No, it's, it's, it's wonderful to chat about this. And, no, um, definitely. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I'm going to get you back on at some point, David. So thank you so much. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Uh, I'll talk to you just off when we go off air in a bit very quick. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, I'm back next week with another guest. Uh, but enjoy the rest of your week. And please stay safe. Peace, love, always. Bye.